next episode, episode two of the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. My name is Chase Merrill, and man, I'm so pumped because today I've got a friend here. I just respect this guy, and man, his authenticity for Jesus and for people is is just real, and you can you can taste it and smell it just in the first conversation you have with him. And uh, man, youth ministry can become something that is fad-like at times, but. But man, you get to meet some of those people who you know they're they're doing it because they genuinely love Jesus and they genuinely want to see other people come into a love with Jesus. And so that is who this guy is today. And um, this podcast, the, the why behind it is to encourage, equip, and empower leaders to reach the next generation with the gospel. This guy's doing that. And uh, so today I have the, the honor and the privilege of having Shaddai Malou here from a Church Home up in Kirkland. And uh, Shaddai, welcome, man. Dude, thanks for having me, man. That was, that, that welcome was too kind. Dude, it's, but it's real. It's I the feel real the same deal. about you, man. Just the honor, the respect even just seeing you you lead at your youth conference yesterday collide west come on and that was amazing man so i'm grateful to be here it's exciting well man i yeah we uh it's it's an honor to have you here for for the conference and that's where we are we have collide west this weekend and uh, i'm not sure when this recording will go up but what a what an amazing time last night dude you brought the word last night dude and it, it was and it hit exactly where i know my students and and so many of the other groups that are here uh right what god wanted to speak to them so Dang. man thank you dude thanks for saying that that's awesome yeah well, I'm here. Um, I, I just would love to get to know you. I, you know, as I'm getting to know you, but for the people that are listening, mm-hmm. where where are you at? What are you doing? And uh, we'll get a little bit of background on just who you are and what God's doing Sweet. in your life. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm living in Kirkland, Washington. Yeah, I'm at church home up in uh, that area, Kirkland. We have a couple campuses, but um, we used to be the city church, but we changed our name. Um, it would have been October of 2017, and now we're just like we're trying our best to just reach people in a new way and um, our youth ministry it's called youth culture YC and I'm the high school pastor there and um, it's honestly just a blast man just being able to see God do new things in uh, youth ministry it's crazy because when I was in youth ministry things are so much different but now it's like all right God what are you trying to do today and I think it's so cool the the opportunity that we have but, um, yeah, so I'm up there. I went to school in Seattle, Seattle University. Um, it was a Catholic school I went to, and I ran track there. It was had the best time. But um, my family, I was born in London, so came up here in 2003. Um, I'm Zambian. And, uh, yeah, man, so those are just a couple, a couple quick things yeah. about me. Boom. How old are you? I'm 23. Awesome. And Mary, dating, no, single, where are you at? I ain't got no ring on this Come finger, on. <laughs> and I, I ain't got no ring on the finger, and I am I'm a single, single YP man. It's yeah. it's it's a blast. Dude, but let's talk about that because man, I, there's a lot of youth pastors, men and women, who are are doing youth ministry, next gen ministry as, as a single person mm-hmm. and navigating that. Like how, and you see, you're 23, mm-hmm. so so you're still young and fresh in that world. Mm-hmm. How is that? How, how are you navigating that? What are what are some of the things that have been have been maybe difficult for you or or a gift for you? I mean, yeah. just talk, talk through that a little bit because I know people will be like wanting to want to hear about 100%. that. Hundred percent. I think the biggest thing which I've kind of realized being in uh, being a youth pastor, being in our position, but being single. I think the biggest thing which is kind of on my mind is like protecting people in the sense of like 
um, not just my friends, but if there's a potential person who like I want to take out or like want to date, being able to protect that person as well. So, so I think it's so easy to be in our position. Kind of people are a little bit more like, when is he gonna get married? Right. And so it's tough in terms of like being able to do it and and kind of just feel the freedom of like, hey, I want to take this girl out. I have to kind of go through a couple more filters of like, okay, how can I do this the right way? Like, am I sure I actually want to do it? Right. Um, and so it's definitely interesting. The pre- there's probably a little bit more pressure. Sure. But um, I mean, I can see, I can see two two things that like stand out, and I think about it is one. I mean, you gotta just have people all the time be like, dude, you gotta talk to this girl or this person yeah. is just perfect in the in the ministry world, especially. It just seems like it's just such a a little crock pot for like, dude, this girl or this girl or this lady. I mean, it's perfect. So I think about that, and I mean, I don't know if you experienced that, but that's gotta be that's gotta be something that's you know ha- happening all the time. People uh, trying to set you up. One hundred percent. People always trying to set me up. A lot of times, it's like. Sometimes it's like, okay, that's like a solid person that you're trying to set me up with. But sometimes it's just like, all right, your friend has also just been single for a long time. <laughs> and you just want, you just want your friend to be with somebody. And you want me to bite the bullet. I'm not biting it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's a, it's a waiting game. But it's it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think that's important just in that you do have a different de- – because of your, your leadership role, you probably have a different degree of uh, – just being above reproach mm. and to a different degree, going right. through those different, you know, filters of, hey, you know, where anybody else could slide into a DM and it turn into, you know, a, a date or whatever. And there's nobody that's really got to like, hey, no, that's that's probably not the best way to do it or even the, the right person. To, but you've got to, in your leadership role, it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more... Uh, little bit more probably sensitive to you just making sure like you're going through the right people in the right ways to make it happen that's that's that is a different kind of burden that you got right. there 100% yeah. just yeah. like you're saying trying to do it right yeah and that's the biggest thing yeah and if something doesn't work like making sure that we're still friends and that right. there's no bad blood I think yeah. that's that's so that's hard that's a tough world to navigate it is but you're but it's fun yeah. it's, it's still fun yeah um well, thank you for sharing on that. Would you would you give us just a snippet into like how, how do you how did you come to know Jesus? Mm-hmm. How, how did he get a hold of your life? And, and then in the second to part B to that, what was the call to ministry? Why mm-hmm. why are you in ministry right now? Yeah, no, that's great. I think for me, the way I came to know Jesus, I grew up in a Christian family, um, so I've always kind of gone to church. Grew up in church. My parents, uh, my dad worked for World Vision, which is like a Christian. Uh, Christian nonprofit company, and um, just being able to to know when I came home, I had praying parents. I was always kind of around, um, just Jesus things, and um, I was just kind of always around that environment. And so for me, I got a taste of that. And I just, you know, growing up, I guess at that time, I didn't, I hadn't necessarily made the choice to follow Jesus, but it was just kind of a part of life, going to church, praying. Um, praying as a family, those kind of things. But then when I got to high school, um, I I was on sports teams and playing football and, you know, kind of did some things I didn't want to do. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget my, I think it was my sophomore or junior year of high school, just saying to myself, I know one day I'm actually going to, like, fully serve, like, fully <laughs> actually buy into this Jesus thing. Yeah. Like, that day is not today. <laughs> like, I wanted to do my own thing sure. at the time. And I just knew, I was like, one day I feel like I'm actually going to take this Jesus thing serious. At the time, I, 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 wasn't, I had no desire necessarily for ministry. I wanted to, like, 
go to the NBA or something. I don't know. But I definitely, or I don't know, start my own business. I don't know what I wanted to do, but I knew for sure ministry at the time wasn't on my mind. But then my going into my senior year, there was a girl. Um, she actually threw the biggest parties, like through these ragers. And I went to a couple of her parties. I'll never forget. Um, about a month after this party that she threw, a lot of people actually ended up getting like in trouble and whatnot. I didn't because I had African parents and they made me leave the party early. So <laughs> I left the party and then people let, people that stayed the whole time got end up getting in trouble for some things that happened. Um, and so I'll never forget, someone invited her to, to this church uh, out here. It's kind of in, in, in Washington called, uh, a city called Puyallup. And um, she went to this church and she got saved. And when she got saved, the same people that she was inviting to her party, she started inviting to church. And so the invites just transferred. Oh, the, it Come just completely there. transferred. What a power, what a principle right there. Look and so. When that happened, yeah. I think about two months after she had, she was inviting me like, "Hey, you need to come check this out." I was like, "Oh, it's too cool for school." I was like, "Nah, I'm good. Like, I'm gonna keep doing my thing. I'm not gonna join the bandwagon and go to church and like with all these people." And so after about two months, I think like maybe thirty or forty people from our church from our school were going every week Sunday night. And I was like, wait, maybe I need to check this thing out. And so she texted me and I was like, hey, I'll come. And so I went and I'd never seen Jesus like displayed or like how relatable Jesus was to us. And so I went and then just kept going. And I was like, you know, I'm actually going to give this thing a legit shot. And so months would go by. I'd go to their youth conference in 2012. And my life was completely changed that Friday night. I knew my life was going to get changed that Friday night. And so that was like my coming Jesus moment. And I mm. felt called to ministry that day in March 2012. I was a senior in high school. I wow. think I was like 16. I graduated a little bit young. I graduated at 17. But um, that year, that that day, man, March, I felt called to, to go to my college as well to start a college ministry there. When I got there, I had a vision for that. Um, so when I got to college, I was able to actually start that which was crazy, the a year from that conference, I felt like God spoke to me about bringing one of my friends to the conference that was at the new church I was at. So he came as a Catholic, didn't believe in Jesus, was doing his own thing. He came, he got saved, and I told him about this group I wanted to start. And he was like, shoot, I feel like I want to have more people come to know Jesus the way I just did tonight. So we started our group the next day. He had been saved not even 24 hours. Wow. But, um... Yeah, man, that's, and then high school ministry, I felt called to high school ministry, and that kind of just ended up working itself out after college, but. So what did you, at college, what was your, what was your degree, or what did what, you go to school yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, it was um, business management, entrepreneurship. Yep. Um, I knew undergrad, I would just get a business degree, and yep. I took a lot of, like, theo theology classes and stuff, so I was able to get a solid, um, you know understanding of the Bible and the Word and different people in the Bible and college is kind of cool, but yeah. that was my degree. So how did you get, go from there to where you are now? Mm -hmm. how, how did that get connected to, to, yeah, to yeah, church yeah. home or to being a youth pastor? What yeah. would what, what bridge that gap? Um, to be honest, I had really struggled in college seeing how that was going to work out because I was like, I'm at school. I uh, also was running track. I had no idea how God was going to use, like I was going to go from being at college, a school which wasn't even like a, 
the school connected necessarily to churches or whatever. Sure. And I was running track. I was getting my business degree. I was like, how am I going to go to ministry? I had no idea. So my sophomore year, I was like, do I need to transfer to like Hillsong College? Do I need to go um, to a Christian school? Like, do I, like, I was so confused. So long story short, my senior year of college, um, I just turned down a, like a couple jobs, business jobs. And I felt like God was asking me to give my full attention to the local church. Mm. And I hadn't, hadn't, didn't have a job offer, but I felt like, okay, now's the time to really give my full attention to the local church. And then about a month after that, in May, my senior year of college, 2016, I felt like I got a call saying, hey, we had this position opening up at our church. Um, we feel like you're the right guy. And um, would you consider it? Um, we'd love to bring you on staff. And I, I had maybe only helped out in the high school ministry, like, during the summertime at camps and so I wasn't I wasn't helping out during like the school year I was at our other campus which was like a college campus but um, got that call and I thought about it for about a week and I was like I think this is right like I didn't even it wasn't even like no I'm called to this like it wasn't like crazy spiritual it was just like wait I felt called to high school ministry and this one just kind of felt good mm. and I was like let's roll yeah so that's awesome I, I think that I want to, if you if you're cool, just to hang on there for a second, because I think, um, I think that the the journey between just being involved, like just engaging with where God had called you, and then how the Lord used that to to open up that next door for for a for a spot for you to actually be on a you know a, a, a pastoral staff position or like. Is so vital. I think there's a lot of next gen leaders that are up and coming that don't see don't see it that way. Where they they, they look at it pretty systematic. Like I have to go do this. Mm-hmm. I have to go do this. I have to graduate with this thing with this degree from this school, in order to 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 go where I think I'm supposed to go. But like you you got a different kind of story where it's just mm-hmm. God did something in you. You just made the most of where you were, in the trajectory of where you were already going, and you didn't let your degree, like dictate mm-hmm. has a big deal so what I mean what would you say to just some people that are like in that season navigating like I'm doing an internship or I think I should do an internship or go to this Bible college like what how would you encourage them to to stay the course or to to give them some advice as they're like I feel like maybe God's calling me to ministry mm-hmm. it looks like this is all the ways that you go to get there but but maybe not what would you what would you say to just encourage them yeah that's so good I think one thing I've seen just kind of being, you know, senior high school to now, um, I've had a little bit of time to see a lot of people who felt called for six months. You know, for six months they felt called to be a youth pastor being, or, you know, to ministry. Mm. And somehow that call faded. Mm. Somehow what they felt they wanted to do just changed. And I think for me, I took ministry really seriously. I was like... I actually feel like this is something God wants me to do. And so I took, I actually took the time to be like, okay, God, is this what you actually want me to do? Is this what I want to do? Um, and so in that time frame, it was like, okay, if this is what God wants me to do, I have to just be able to trust him. And I think it's, it's the biggest thing is trust. It grows your relationship with Jesus so that when, where you are now, you know, Paul talks about it, how he says, um, um, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. He tells young Timothy, who was a young pastor, um, he's taking over a church of, a huge church in Ephesus. And, and, and Paul is telling him, hey man, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That was a conviction I felt before being on staff, being in any you know leadership position was, I need to walk 
in the way I'll be walking when I have a pastoral um, role. I need to walk that way now when I don't. Yep. So when I do, I don't have to all of a sudden change who I am. I don't have to like put on this pastoral face. I can just walk <laughs> in the same way. And now all of a sudden, I don't have to try and change all my disciplines, change how I read my Bible, change how I'm living my life when I become a pastor. But I can actually begin to do that now. So you, people that maybe aren't in pastoral roles actually have an amazing advantage to be like, you know what? I'm going to try and be the best pastor I can be right now. So good. So when I am getting paid, oh, you better believe when trials come, when things aren't, when things aren't making sense, when, you know, ministry is rough, I have kind of built a little bit of a character. God has built a character in me, um, to kind of withhold and withstand some of those, those trials. And so, um, just keep the push in and, and, and don't wait to do ministry. Like just start doing what's on your heart right now. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people sitting sitting down when they should be standing up because of that. Mm. And uh, do you feel how do you feel like it was for you in terms yeah, of like? I mean, I think I think for a while it was I I saw the the map, then I was like I have to do these things in order to get there. And then I launched into ministry in an internship, and then I quit six months in my internship. Dang, because <laughs> I, I, I just. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be, and and I and I honestly felt like God was stirring something in me to take to take a step back and leave that that commitment, which is not the Lord. I don't feel like principally that's like I think mm-hmm. God's about being being a person in your word, sticking to your commitments. But in that time, it was really tough for me as an eighteen year old to navigate what I felt like God was stirring in me. So I quit. But all that to say, the Lord brought it back around through a different way. It didn't look how I thought it was going to look. Mm-hmm. But just that that principle that you said, like. Be a pastor before you're the pastor. Mm. Like, man, if I could encourage next-gen leaders just in that same vein, it's like, man, don't wait for the title to, to walk in that anointing and that authority. Like, you can walk in that in that discipline right now. That's so real. And uh, and then and then the, the title is really just the affirmation. It's the mm. confirmation of, of who you already are. Who That's so already, good. That's the thing that I think a lot of next gen leaders are waiting for somebody to tell them they are somebody by saying you are you know your pastor this or your you know youth director this and like right go, right you go now and do it and, and you can do it as a hundred percent volunteer 100%. Like in any capacity, which is like you know you were in, from your story it sounds like that was what you were doing you were just involved in that mm. role and just leading and loving people and and then the Lord brought you up and and he was the one that raised you up to see yeah 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 the, the, those more opportunities so that's awesome um a couple couple of the questions i'd love to just love to hear from you and then we'll wrestle with one at the end but who are some leaders in your life from that journey that you'd say like when it comes to leadership mm-hmm. like they have made a big impact on you in leadership mm-hmm. uh, that you look to or have been impacted by or are currently still being impacted by yeah 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 i think to be honest probably person who's made a huge impact is um my senior pastor judah judah smith um i think the big reason being is just being able to see his humility yeah and being able to see the way he leads and um he's he's an unapologetic leader and he doesn't apologize for his gifts and he is um it's actually extremely humble when you actually take the gifts that god has given you and you use them to serve people Mm. and you're not afraid to use them and um, being able just to see the way he leads, the way he loves people, the way he loves his family, that's been a huge impact on me to see, like, Judah's not doing a job. Like, he's he's being who God has called him to be, and he's, like, living his life, and he's having fun. Um, so Judah's made a big impact on my life. Um, I would also say 
there's a guy he's he just recently got on our our staff. His name's Tyman Haskins. Uh, he's um, a ministry director at our um, our Seattle campuses. And Tyman in college for me was like a huge impact because. I was going through some stuff in college, mm. and Tymon knows everything about me, and so I was able to tell him everybody. I think us as, you know, in ministry, whatever, I think we need someone that we can just tell everything and have kind of no strings attached. Yeah. And they kind of know our crap. They know the things we're struggling with. They know our past. And um, that was, for me, that was Tymon. And then um, there's some other guys, but I think off the top of my head, those two guys... Um, um, and then my youth pastor was Chad, Chad Veach. Uh, he's definitely had some impact on me mm. and um, seeing the way he leads. And um, yeah, there's some different guys. That's awesome. Yeah, That's John Lorenzo. He's in Florida. He's he was like one of my youth leaders in um, in high school. And Roman Boschko, who's also at Zoe with Chad. Those are some guys. But yeah, man. it's awesome. You've been you've been poured in too. Man, by some pretty, pretty awesome men and women. Blessfully. Um, it's not even a word, but yeah, it sounds good. I, it's a word now. It's on, it's, it's on a podcast. It's a word now, baby. Um, would you, so doing next-gen ministry in, in the greater Seattle area, that context in reaching the next generation, if you can just, if you could highlight two things. One, something that is, something that is, is, is not, let's go not first, is not working. Something mm-hmm. that maybe when you were in youth ministry, this is what we did, and you've seen people try to keep doing it, and it is just not effectively reaching students the way it used to. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, you've realized we got to shift this, or this is shifting. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And then the, the number two to that, the beat of that is, what is something that is working that you're like, man, we didn't think this was going to work, or we shifted this, and this is becoming effective. Mm-hmm. For people that are listening that maybe not in our context or in our area, or they are smaller church bands, just smaller, larger, it doesn't really matter, but just some principles that you, you've been seeing since you've been mm-hmm. in that role, not working, working. Yeah, that's such a good question, such a good thing to consider. I think you do a lot of things really well, even just being able to see the way you guys have, you know, done the things for your conference, promoted it, and um, put it out there. I think you guys do such a good job of of leading the way in terms of like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're sticking to it. Um, and we're just going to be unapologetic about it. I think you guys do an amazing job here uh, of that. Um, I think for me, being able just to... One thing which I know is just... like We're in a, techno, like a technology generation. Yep. But we're actually in one of the most personal generations I think we've ever encountered. And so I think with that, as much as we think... Um, social media, technology, all those things have the biggest impact. I think, no, I know for me when I was in high school, I could see a cool graphic on someone's Instagram page and be like, that looks awesome because the graphic looks awesome. So I'm going to go to that event. And whether if I know anyone there, I might just invite my friend and I'll probably just go because the graphic looked awesome. <laughs> the video was so cool. Right. Um, that was my generation in terms of like going to youth ministry. Now, I think they love that stuff. Like the generation now loves seeing a cool video, cool Instagram graphic. But that's not what's getting them to an event. Mm. I think if you have, you know, if you want students to be involved in a group or in or with, you know, other students in the youth ministry, I think when there's a personal relationship there, I think that's what is changing the game. At least for us at Church Home, it's like, yo, if we don't actually have personal relationship with students, we're not going to have youth ministry. 
we can post as much as we can as as we want on social media and you know do whatever promo video whatever they to be honest they don't care about that stuff they they really don't and i think it's so cool because it shows us um hey they want relationship and so i think now if we don't actually love people, if we don't actually have a relationship with students, if we're not going on campus, if we're not involved in their lives, going to their basketball games, playing Fortnite with them, whatever it might be, um, they don't really, they don't care about what we're doing on Sunday or Wednesday. Mm. Um, so good. And so, because they're like, you don't actually care about me. You just want me to come to your event. <laughs> and so we actually have to love, mm. love students. Like if you don't actually love students, you shouldn't be in youth ministry. <laughs> Uh, but if you really do and you want to, you know, you want to see students not just for the next four years, but you actually want to be like, you know what, in about 10 years, we'll be friends. Hmm. And um, it's a crazy concept because what we're doing in youth ministries, we're not just, uh, you know, babysitting people for four years. We're actually raising up that's leaders. Right. That's right. We're raising up leaders. I don't know. What do you think? About yeah, that? no, that's, that's so good. I, I, I think we can get caught up. I mean, especially in the social media side. Let's just take a second because I think that we we're all on it a lot. A, a lot of us. In fact, well, the the guest uh, Kiefer, who is our last guest on the podcast, we were talking. We just got right at the end of it. We were talking about social media because he's not on any social media, mm. and, and he just has made a, a decision personally for him. It's just not. It doesn't benefit his life in the health world more mm. than it than it doesn't, or than it does. So he chose. And I'm like, well, how you? How are you connecting with students outside of, and you know, so we're gonna have that conversation someday. But but it's hard to not look at what everybody else, whether it's a conference uh-huh. or a Sunday night revival night or whatever, and just be like, man, okay, like this is this is what we we got to keep up with in order to keep reaching the next generation because they're they're all going to that or they're all liking this or they're all whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can feel like we're doing something and we're having some traction. In the, in the social media world with cool graphics and cool videos and new creative ways to post sermon clips or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're dead on. Like, they don't care. The, the next generation in regards to... I mean, I, I think young adult... I think it goes all the way really junior high through young adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think they're probably right there. But I know our high school students don't really... You're right. They don't really, they don't really <laughs> right. care. Um, unless there is some kind of personal mm-hmm. thing. Uh, it's tough when... When God continues to grow a place, uh, and there's more students coming, so I'd even be interested to see, like, I mean, with you guys at a multi-campus context, mm-hmm. and I don't know fully how that works with the with the youth ministry. If you guys got different leaders, and I'm sure you've mm-hmm. got stuff of leadership structure stuff figured out with that, but as it gets larger, it's more difficult to have those personal connections mm-hmm. with each student, you know. Um, but I, I 100% agree. I think that's <laughs> that's dead on. Thing. Yeah, so real. Instead, on um, what would you say? Looking at the next uh, two to three years, mm-hmm. you know, as you're looking at the next generation, what's something that, um, when it comes to effectively reaching them, that you would say is one of the most important things that you've got to keep on the front burner mm-hmm. in order to see students continue to come at, into an actual relationship with Jesus? Like what? Whether it's like you guys, I've heard you guys do house parties, and mm-hmm. some some functional things. When you look at your ministry, the ministry that God's got you kind of overseen and a part of now, what are some things that you're like, yeah, we have to. This is so important. We got to keep doing this mm. this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two to three years for students to continue to. That's so good to know Jesus. Yeah, I think for us, we have I would say our biggest 
Our number one is going to the student. So going to where students are. So our number one is like going on campus, going to schools. So on Thursdays, we go to different schools around the city. And you guys have... Uh, t- tell us about that. So yeah. people that are listening, they're like, okay, do, do you just go by yourself? Do you yeah, have, do you have a team that goes? Like, how do you, how do you guys spread out? So yeah, yeah. So we reach out to schools in the summertime, and we make sure we're like, hey, we'd love, we're part of church home, and uh, we actually go there with our college students, our church home college students, and um, what we do is we assign, we see how many students are allowed to go to whatever campus. So if there's a school in Seattle, and they're like, hey, we'll only allow two students. We'll assign two students to go to that school. And usually what we ask is like, hey, it's just a part of our program to be part of um, be a part of the community. So we don't try and do it to like necessarily like to recruit people. Sure. Yeah. We just go to serve. And yeah. so um, say if we're we're at, we're at a couple schools where we literally just go, we hang out at lunch, and then we clean up after the after the students leave lunch. And that's like that's kind of how we were like, hey, we'll come in and we'll just clean up, and we'll help the janitors, we'll help the you know kitchen staff. And we'll just make the kitchen spotless. Like, we're mad good at, at at wiping tables. And so that's one thing. And then maybe another thing would be, like, um, seeing some te- some schools have, like, they need teacher's assistance. So at some schools we have, we go into classrooms and we actually help in math. We help in science. We help in foods class. And um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's been such a huge impact. And um, just being in the community, getting the trust of the community, and then also just being able to do things where maybe someone who's never been to a church building, um, they can come to something that we do, and they can be put at ease. And so that's why we start, we're trying to do more things in uh, people's houses, in students' houses, um, where a first-time student who doesn't know who Jesus is, they can come to that thing. And they can feel put at ease. Yeah. And uh, not not intimidated. Yeah, that's good. Um, one one last question. Well, and we may not have a ton of time to dive into it, but I'd love to just throw it out there mm-hmm. because I think that it's something that as I talk to, to a lot of the youth pastors um, who are who are in the ground right now in next gen ministry that they're they're trying to figure out and navigate. And would love for you to speak into it because I think it's a real thing that especially in youth ministry because there's there's so much fluidity that just goes you know when students that come for a little bit and then they get busy with sports or whatever and then they're barely there mm-hmm. or or they they're all engaged and all in for a season and then something goes down and they come back at the next summer camp and then they haven't been there for six yeah, months yeah. whatever how how do you how do you think how would you articulate uh you guys measure Discipleship. Mm-hmm. That discipleship is happening in your youth ministry. Do you measure it? Can you measure it? Is it something we should measure? Mm-hmm. But I, but people, uh, when I talk to youth pastors and we're, we're having conversations about like, are your are our students actually becoming disciples of Jesus? Mm-hmm. How do we know we're winning in that category or not? Mm-hmm. What what would you how would you speak to that? What would you say for you or for you guys? You guys do that at church home or mm-hmm. youth culture. How 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 does that look? And what are you doing to to try to do that? If you if you guys have done mm-hmm. that in the past, that world. So open ended. Speak, yeah. Speak to that. Whatever whatever's on your heart there. You know that's it's a great question because I think. I think us as youth pastors, sometimes we just think four years. We just, I mean, if you're in high school, sure, you might think just four years. Freshman through senior year, or if you're in middle school, sixth grade through eighth grade. And I think sometimes we have the tendency to think too short for mm-hmm. a student. We don't think the long haul. Um, I think about where I was four years ago to where I am today, like completely different person. And thank God. But 
I have so much more to grow. Like I have, I can't imagine where I'm going to be in 20 years. Like I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm praying I look way more like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And um, I think we have to look at students that way as well. Um, it's tough to, like, I mean, you even look at the disciples, man, who they were when Jesus was there, like, completely different to where they were when, when they died and they were killed for being Christians. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think for measuring discipleship, I think for us, our kind of big win is if a student joins uh, our college at our church, church home college, if they are like, you know what, I want to continue what I feel like God has started in me in high school. Because uh, to be honest, a lot of students are just starting out in their faith and yeah. they're just getting an idea of who Jesus is in high school. It's kind of like the, just kind of the first fruits. And then all of a sudden, they, they're like, hey, you know what? I want to get to know this guy more. And so I think for us, our quote-unquote measurement would be like the interest in our college and um, them joining our college. Um, so that's kind of for me. Just It's so practical, but yeah. it's so real. It's like, okay. Um, they want to get to know more of who Jesus is in our house. Yep. Um, that's it. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of it. That's good. I think I think where I've gotten stuck at times is is the the frustrations at, when it comes to discipleship of just not seeing fruit as soon as I would want to see it, mm. you know, or hoping. I mean, I've been pouring my guts out into the student and mm-hmm. praying with them and taking them home every night after the, the service is over late and you know just extra whatever and just the fruit's not there like I come longing for it to be there and I think you know in that world of discipleship I think it's important that we consider it because I think if we don't I think we can get to the place where we're like we spend a lot of time spinning our wheels with entertaining students mm-hmm. and just giving them a good time and there's a plenty of a lot of other places that can do just giving the people a good time and you know, in a faith, that's the door that they come through to, to begin that journey to the wall start coming down to Jesus. Then that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think we, if we don't, if we're not careful, we don't think about it. We can get to that point where we're like, we're just doing a lot of stuff mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of doing it, and it's not actually producing any kind of discipleship return. Mm-hmm. But I'm reminded too that like we're in. I said we, you and I, people listening that are next gen leaders or up and coming next gen leaders, we're in the, the seed game. Mm-hmm. Like we're in the long game, like you said, mm-hmm. and we underestimate. Like we're not always in the fruit game mm-hmm. as much as we're in the seed game. Right, planting these things to know that one day the Lord will produce a harvest, and we may not see that like right. we want to see it. And where we see social media with all our other brothers and sisters doing next gen ministry around us, where it seems like my gosh, the fruit mm-hmm. is just everywhere, and I'm not seeing that in my group of ten, or my group of twenty, or my group of two hundred. But man, and it could be that. But you're in the seed game, so be faithful to keep planting those seeds, right. and, and the fruit of discipleship will come if you're faithful to plant those seeds. I, I just think, I think next gen leaders are discouraged more in that way, and then they're not. Yeah. Um, and just the, the the reminder, like it's a seed game, it's a long game, and stay faithful to that course, and, and the Lord will produce that fruit. Dang. But. That's so good. Discipleship, man, it's a it's a it's a muddy one, but right. I think it's worth wrestling with. Man. Yeah. Um, man, well, I, before we wrap up, just anything is is you know, I mean, next gen leaders, youth pastors, people that are trying to pour out to reaching the next generation for yeah. the gospel. That you'd encourage them with or challenge them with anything just on the top of your heart that you'd want to say as they're as they're in the trenches with us and and doing it or. Yeah, anything anything you leave them with? Yeah, I would say just stay the course. Play the long game and be consistent. I think, man, if 
I know for me, I've made a couple mistakes. For sure, we've all made mistakes yeah. and yeah. said stupid things. But I think, uh, man, if, if we can be consistent, the students, when they might be out and they might be doing things that maybe they know they shouldn't be doing, but if they know that we're always there for them, like, one day they'll come back and they'll know, you know what, this person, they actually love me. They're not, they're not trying to get anything from me, but they're just always there. They're consistent. So I think for us to just, sometimes consistency isn't um, necessarily good looking or sexy, as they would say. Sure. But uh, it's one of the most powerful things a person can be is, is consistent. And so, so good. stay faithful and be consistent in where God has asked you to be. So good. So good, man. Well, should I thank you, thank you, thank you, man, for taking the time this morning to, to be with us and, and to come and, and pour out into into the conference from this weekend, Clyde West Conference, and just challenging our students and pointing them to Jesus. Um, but being here today to challenge and encourage next-gen leaders, thank you. Really man. appreciate you and uh, and what God is doing in your life. And Man, that there was a, a, one, our other guest speaker last night, Christina Gilbreth, she spoke a word over you, and, and I just want to affirm it, just that you 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 are a, a mouthpiece, and mm-hmm. your your integrity and your character and who you are uh, is it's so evident. Like you are, your your heart is so pure, mm-hmm. um, and and that when I when I think about the next generation, like what a guy to be leading the next generation. What a guy yeah. for for other up and coming next-gen leaders to be following. So thank you for, for being obedient to saying yes to what God is doing in you. Wow. And um, I'm excited just to continue to see what God does in and through you in this wow. next season. It's just begun, man. Man. It's just begun. So Dude, thank you. Thank for, you so much for that. Yeah. It's an honor being here, hanging with you. Your office is really nice. Too bad no one gets to see it. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, thank no, you so much. Appreciate man. it. Hey, if people want to connect with you uh, outside of here, like follow you on social media or whatever, how, how do they find yeah. you? Yeah. I'm uh, Shaddai23 on Instagram. It's S-H-A-D-D-Y-E. Come on. 23, Michael Jordan. There you go. That's me. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks again. And guys, thanks for listening today uh, to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. Man, this is, this is all about trying to encourage, equip, and empower you to be the leader that God's called you to be to reach the next generation with the gospel. I pray that you were encouraged today and that, uh, man, you step out into continuing to be the man or woman God's called you to be in this next season. We love you. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.